Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news, gossip and reality TV craziness. I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host, Samma Rose. Hello. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different to previous episodes. Why is that, Samma? Well, from this week on, we're trialling a shorter but by no means less entertaining episode format. We're completely focusing on clickbait, which will be known from now on as Pop Fix. Makes sense, right? <laughs> we would love to hear your feedback on our show, so hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Pop Fix Podcast. Yeah, we always want to know your feedback, whether it's good, bad, ugly, whatever it is we want to know. <laughs> we, we just want to make the show for you guys. Well, without further ado, here is your pop fix. It's no secret that I will spend hours scrolling through TikTok. It's uh, an obsession. But I'm thinking I may, t- I may need to start reconsidering my life choices because <laughs> <laughs> a video has been circulating on TikTok of a guy on a New York City train holding a giant tub of cereal and milk. And he drops it and the cereal goes everywhere, all over the floor. People are sitting there and they get out of their seats. They just leave. And he just starts trying to clean it up and he puts it back in the tub. But then he ultimately just gets off the train with this huge fucking mess. His prank has been condemned, calling it a new low, considering that we are in the middle of a pandemic and cleaners already have to ensure the trains are sterilized. So adding a shit ton of cereal and milk to their work is actually kind of fucked up. Did he think about this? Like, what was he thinking? Um, I think he thought it would be funny because as he was leaving the train, he was like, I can't believe this has happened again. But the problem I have with TikTok is there are these kind of pranks on there all the time and and people will get likes for it. They'll get views for it and they won't ever feel the consequences. He should get fined for this because that train that he did it on was one in the South Bronx, which is one of the hardest hit areas of New York City by coronavirus and he thought that it was funny to just make a huge mess who finds this entertaining that's what I want to know he's just making people move so that they have to sit closer together and become more at risk and the people that are catching that train are probably the essential workers and they're either going to work or coming home and they're probably exhausted and this dickhead just goes and does this and it's not funny in any way shape or form and I did have a look at his TikTok account and he this guy is such a dick like there's a a video on his tiktok where he's thanking community heroes and at the end it's revealed he's just writing a thank you to Pornhub oh my god so like I have no idea why he has so many followers because it's like 3.3 million or something like that and all of his videos are trash and you should not follow him if you care about your brain he is a fuckwit All right, so last week we were chatting about how problematic America's Next Top Model was and Tyra Banks' half-assed response to the backlash. Uh, But now Jay Manuel, who worked on the show for 18 cycles as the creative director, has opened up about his relationship with Tyra and how uncomfortable he felt during some of those top model shoots. Uh, So in an interview with Variety, he said that he's no longer close with Tyra, saying they really have no relationship to speak of, which is really sad. Uh, But speaking specifically about the shoot where the models had to swap races that we um, spoke about last week, he said that it made him so, so, so uncomfortable. He added, I was the creative director, but it was not my idea. That swapped race was a layer added in. It was supposed to be a different concept. 
But then he kind of said, I do think it's a little unfair for people to persecute Tyron now, especially because she has already taken heat for her past executive decisions in past years. However, I can't really defend her because when ratings were high and things were great, she remained a clear figurehead because it was her show. And then he kind of said that, Actually, here's a quote. Consistently, when shit hit the fan and people wanted to talk about some of the things that were said in the show, we would have another singular EP come forward to claim that all creative decisions were made as a team. And I really wish that were the case, but that is just simply not true. So what he's basically saying is that all the creative decisions came down to Tyra and then the show's creator, Ken Mock, who has also actually publicly said there was an entire creative team behind the choices of the show. Are you surprised by his reaction to this? Um, I'm surprised that he's like, it wasn't really my fault. <laughs> like, yeah, it's one of those half-assed apologies. Because if he is the creative director, and if it's not just like a title, it's actually a job, then he should be able to say, look, swapping race, swapping ethnicity, that's kind of fucked up. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I think he kind of said that like, he just wasn't used to being on reality TV and he didn't speak up. And... I can kind of see that, like, if you're kind of new to the industry, you're like a bit worried about speaking your mind. But, yeah, it does kind of, uh, he could have stood up a bit more back then. Especially considering he was on the show for 18 seasons. <laughs> like, exactly right. If you're starting off, yeah, that's a scary thing to do. You don't want to lose your job. But Miss J, Tyra Banks and Jay, they were the ones that, made the show happen, right? They were the personalities we all looked to. So at that point, you have the power, surely. If not, then quit. Leave the show if you don't agree with it. But he was there for like... Eight, I, I assume he was there for the, all of those 18 seasons. Yeah, so he was there for 18. And I think that they shot two a year. So maybe it was like nine years or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. a long time. And I think the only reason he's really speaking out about it at the moment is because he's got a book coming out soon. Otherwise, I don't think he would say anything. Yeah. So this book, it's basically, um, it's based on his time on the show and it's called The Wig, The Bitch and The Meltdown. And it's a satirical look at the show from his perspective. Do you think you'll ever read it, Samma? I think I might, just because I think it might change my perspective on him or other people on the show. Because I'm, I'm always open to having my mind changed, right? Yeah. But... I do know that he said he didn't consult anyone from the show when he was writing it. And I actually thought that was a good idea because I understand that if he went to Tyra or Miss J, they could have restricted the book in some way. But I just don't know how much of the book will be honest either. So... I don't know. I'll give it I'll give it a shot. Will you give it a shot? It'll be interesting to see what he does write because you know, he hasn't asked anyone for their permission and he didn't speak to Tyra about it either. So I, I think I, I would be keen to read it. If he's a good writer or not, I don't know. Marnie, do you remember that movie Avatar? It had stunning visuals, blue aliens, some kind of tail-on-tail reproduction thing. Yeah, I remember it, but I don't really remember loving it. Like, I know that it was, like, a huge deal at the time, but, like... I don't think I really care, and I don't think I care about anything else they make about it, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty, and look, I don't blame you as well, because it's been 11 years since the original Avatar film came out, and the reason why I'm bringing it up at all is because 
we're finally getting the sequel we were promised. That we were promised, like, so long ago. We were promised so long ago. And maybe they're trying to make up for it now because they've announced Avatar 2, Avatar 3, Avatar 4, and Avatar 5. They need to relax because they're not very good at putting sequels out. Like, <laughs> And, like, who is going to want to watch Avatar 5? Who is going to the cinemas to watch well, that? Well, look, I, we'll, we'll get stuck into that in a moment because, yeah, I want to know more about what you think, but... Avatar's Twitter account released a behind-the-scenes shot of Zoe Saldana, Sam Worthington, Kate Winslet, and Cliff Curtis floating around in a 900,000-gallon tank filled with these little balls, which help, I don't know, do some kind of CGI. Head over to PopFix Podcast on Instagram, where we've posted the shot. So, you're right, Marnie, like... Avatar 5 seems so far away, and it is, because Avatar 2 is, is coming out next year and then all the other sequels will be coming out every two years from then so when we get to avatar 5 will we care and the and the even the bigger question i have is what happens if all those movies bomb like if they just tank at the cinema oh my gosh and like they probably will like at the time when avatar came out it was kind of like such a big deal i think as well because of the 3d sort of technology that james cameron used and like He's, he's trying with these sequels, I think, as well, to do something else revolutionary, which might be what that pool and all those weird things in the pool were to do with, like all those little balls. But yeah, like I just don't care. <laughs> but so the problem is, I think, that um, the Avatar movies are under 20th Century Fox and now Disney owns 20th Century Fox. So Disney, like Fox pr- uh, promised them that they could make these other sequels and now Disney has to like stick to that and um like they will because James Cameron has um a great track record of having billion dollar movies at the box office so they're gonna like he has two of the top five highest grossing films ever which is Titanic and Avatar (gasps) oh Avatar was top grossing I mean it was I enjoyed the movie but wow yeah so Avatar was actually number one up until last year when Avengers Endgame came out. Don't we, don't we the world have such good taste in movies? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I would much prefer to watch Avengers Endgame multiple times than I would be to watch Avatar. Really? I would watch, I would watch five Marvel movies happily than watch five Avatar movies. Oh, interesting. See... I I don't know. I because I know I love the film. I genuinely can't tell you a lot about it because it's been 11 years. Maybe I'm just I feel loyal to it because it's nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. I am actually so excited for the sequel and I will probably watch all of them. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, so you'll see it. I'll see it. I won't be keen. You will be keen. We'll be the yin and the yang of Avatar. <laughs> Kanye West's former bodyguard Steve Stanoulis has, (laughs) I don't know if I've said that right, has revealed on a podcast why the rapper was his least favorite celebrity he's ever worked with. And honestly, he sounds like a nightmare. Like I know, like I would think Kanye nightmare, but this guy has made him sound so stupid. So according to Steve, Kanye had ridiculous rules that he had to follow, which included things like standing quite far behind him on the street, making it really difficult to actually keep Kanye safe. What's... What's the point in that? Like, 
you're hiring a bodyguard, I know. but you don't want him to guard your body. Makes no sense. He said he wanted you to stay 10 paces behind him on a city street. So obviously, if someone is going to come up and do something, by the time I run up and try to prevent it, it would have already happened. Uh, Steve spoke about the first time he met the rapper saying, it was fashion week. I was supposed to meet him at the studio. When he gets there, we get into the elevator and he's like, aren't you going to push the floor? The Push what floor we're going to? I said, I have no idea. It's my first day. So he starts ranting. So you mean you didn't call ahead to find out where I'm supposed to be going? And he goes, I said, no. So he's ranting and raving. So I said, bro, we can do this three ways. One, you could tell me what button to press and now I'll know. Two, you could press the button and I'll see which one you press and then I'll know. Or three, you can sit here all day and tell me how important your time is and we are not going to go anywhere. And again, that was our first interaction, he said. He also accused Kimikani, this is not surprising, of calling paparazzi ahead of time so that they knew where they would be. And he said that he would try to protect Kanye from the paps and Kanye would get angry at him for getting in his shot. Oh my God. Can we just go back to that elevator moment, please? And yep. just picture Kanye having a tantrum in the elevator. I know. Oh my God. How embarrassing as well. Like, I get it, you're famous, but, like, at what point do you switch from being a regular person to a person who's a dick about pressing buttons? And it's just, like, what a child would do, and it's the way you'd respond to a child. It's like, okay, let's look at this rationally, let's calm down. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine the rules Kanye must have for his his family, oh, right? Oh, jeez. I don't even want to imagine. Like, doesn't he basically tell Kim what to wear and things like that? Like, Oh, true. Yeah. I don't understand their relationship at all. Yeah. But the paparazzi photo thing, I'm pretty sure I've heard before, and it makes so much sense because if you look at the photos of them on like Daily Mail or E! News or whatever, they look beautiful. Perfect. And I'm sorry, who looks amazing 24-7? It's not humanly possible. Yeah. And then you look at other lesser-known tabloids, for example, and you get shots of... Um, I think a recent one was Kylie Jenner and she looked like a normal human being. She had a little bit of a double chin. Oh my gosh. And then you compare that with her photo on Instagram and she's got this jawline and stuff. It's like, bitch, in one photo you look like this and the other you look like this. It doesn't add up. up. (laughs) It's so true. So yeah, basically they're just tricking us all and we don't really know what they look like. I mean, it's I wonder what Kanye clever. really looks like. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just looks like a toddler throwing tanties all the time. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I think they're pretty clever for hiring the paparazzi because they get complete control of their their image. Yeah, true. So I think they're actually pretty smart business people. Oh, Um, 100%. And he said that, like, while he thought that Kanye was the neediest, moodiest, and worst tipper of all of the (laughs) celebs, he also said that Kanye was the hardest working. Actually, Kanye's a billionaire now. What? How? Yeah. From his shoes? Uh, I think because he's got, like, yeah, he's got his, like, fashion and his music and stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a billionaire. Wow, the Kardashians and the West just keep getting richer. Yep. Well, we get nothing. All right, we'll be back in just a moment for Kiss or Miss with Steph. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Podcast, or we'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which you can find if you search Podcast. (laughs) 
You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Kiss or Miss with Steph. Uh, So this week I chatted to Steph about the differences in dating guys in Australia versus dating guys in the US where she's currently based. And she did not disappoint with this story. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Steph, for Kiss or Miss. Um, We had some great feedback from the last uh, little story that you told. So looking forward to today. Um, I... So just for some background for people, you yep. moved to New York in 2018? Yep, yep, July 2018. Yeah. So I am curious, what is the difference between dating in Australia and mm-hmm. dating in America? I guess New York specifically, What what's the what's the difference? Yeah, um, I have found, I actually noticed pretty quickly that there was a substantial difference. First coming here, I remember a lot of people being like, you know, New York's pretty interesting place like dating like you know you're kind of going to be exposed to an interesting bucket of fish um and I didn't really quite know what they meant by that but then like I started going on dates especially dating updates and I really found that to be true like some people are wonderful some people are eclectic um (laughs) (laughs) and I've got so many dating stories as a result so um yeah, like, I am picturing it like in the rom com, like where the girl goes out on <laughs> so many dates, like at the beginning oh of God. the movie, and that the guys are just like yeah. bizarre. And I think, especially, I don't know if this is true, but like, mm. I feel like Americans in particular would be that little bit more. Like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I don't know why, but I kind of have. Yeah. I mean, not that there aren't any like um, interesting fellas in Australia, but um, that I I have noticed it is a little bit more extreme here, I guess, especially because New York attracts uh, such a, like a wide, diverse group of people. It's pretty interesting. Um, and it kind of is like that montage they do referencing, <laughs> which I don't know what that says about my dating life. But um, yeah, it's it's been <laughs> pretty um, colourful, I would say. Colourful? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like one time in particular, just kind of, comes to mind I'd say the most the craziest date I've been on was this guy and this was I don't know a year ago or so I met him on dating app he seemed like really smart which is you know the greatest thing to me smart guy witty guy um but yeah really smart interesting good looking doesn't hurt um and he was you know we were like chatting he was really interested in what I did he was really interesting in reading my articles which was great love that um and then we met up and instantly found him annoying he um (laughs) he 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 found he chose the place and turned up late and then walked in like kind of really dramatically like he owned the place he was like saying hi to everybody anyway he just he was pretty frustrating and he spent the whole time talking at me like I didn't really contribute to the conversation at all yeah he was saying how like oh you know my my old best friend Channing Tatum Oh, um, no, you didn't. No, you he didn't. He did. He did. And I was like, oh, yeah, Channing Tatum, was it? Yeah. Okay, and then sure. what was the reason for their friendship breakup? Why is he his old best friend? God, because apparently oh, this sounds – I also, like, did not know any of this stuff about the guy before I went on a date, just to let you all know I'm not that kind <laughs> of person. I'm not into that. Um, but he was like, oh, we were models together. Um, and then, like, obviously Channing got super famous and this guy didn't. And like then it kind of Shit. just like went from that point into this whole very bizarre conversation. I call it a conversation. It was not a conversation. It was a monologue. Um, but um, 
he was talking about like how the gay mafia run the world. Um, okay. What? Yeah, and just yeah, and that's why he doesn't think that he got famous. Um, oh, he doesn't yes. appeal to the gay mafia. Okay, gotcha. I suppose yep. I'm not sure. Anyway, and <laughs> he he was like, you know, I just want to let you in on like this knowledge, and like if you don't ever want to see me again, fine, but then at least you know the truth. And I was kind of like, what, you're about to tell me, like, the world is flat? And he was like, well, <laughs> yeah, it is. And I was no! like, fucked. Are you joking that you, oh, I, I went on a date with Flat Earther Money. It was a oh flat earther. Oh, my God. Earther. A flat mm. earther who is ex-best friends with Channing Tatum. I mean, allegedly. Let's, I think he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Who believes that the gay mafia runs the world and is the uh -huh. reason that he didn't become famous like Channing Tatum. Yes. And I'm like, what the fuck? There were so many other things. Like he was even saying, like, he's like, the sky is a dome put there by the government. Um, he was saying, I really, he would definitely think the coronavirus is a hoax. I really oh my God. that he would be one of those people. Um, at one point he was like to me, you know, I can see auras. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, what does, what's mine? He said, well, I can't see yours right now. <laughs> It's just stupid. He could have just lied. But anyway. What? Uh-huh. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, it just kind of kept going. It was all this stuff. And I just didn't even really know what to say or do. And I was kind of a bit scared at that point because I was like, yeah, he seems a little, you know, off. And I just. Cuckoo. Yeah. So I was just like, interesting, interesting. Yes. Cool. Um, how do I escape? So you just sat and there going like, interesting. I did. Yeah. Cool. Because yeah, what are you meant I, to say? Because you're a woman on a date and he could end up being a crazy person. Exactly. And a lot of people were like to me, why didn't you leave early? And I was like, I don't know. I just was trying to kind of find a natural escape rather than let him know that I thought he was not normal. Um, yeah. Anyway, but like he kind of kept going about all this stuff. He said like, he knows what the cure to cancer is. He offered me some cocaine. Oh, he just like, it was oh. very, it was all kinds of a lot. Like it was just very interesting. But the weirdest part I found I mean, Wait, what? Wait, we haven't reached. <laughs> Maybe, not Continue, the sorry. Maybe not the weirdest part, but like the most, the part that affected me the most that really raised an eyebrow was at the end of the night, like when I was like, well, just really got to go. Thank you so much. Um, really nice to meet you. Like, yeah, let's do this again. Sure. Absolutely. I'm definitely not going to block you on every possible social media profile. Anyway, um, at the end, he decided to kind of like, link back to one of my stories that he had read and so just for some context i had written a i'd written an article about like trying out a collagen butt mask thing anyway as you do and in the article i make a joke about having the pancake ass it's a thing that i've always been like you know would like a little bit more volume and <laughs> and i'm leaving and he's like by the way you don't have a pancake ass you know you just need to ride a bike around new york a little more often and he that, just uh, mic dropped with that uh -huh, after uh -huh. he put the cherry on top of that uh -huh. lovely evening. It was chilly. That. Romantic. Steph. Mm. Yeah, I know. That I is. Like, okay. Uh -huh. That is actually the best dating story. I know that like you had to experience it and I'm sorry for you, but for no, but the Pop Fix audience, fine. this is amazing. Because I literally was like in my mind, you know, when you kind of like float up outside your body and you look down and you go, this is a great story to tell people. So I didn't even care. I guess, I mean, I was yeah. concerned for my safety for a minute there. And so that of part, course. yeah. 
But when I was like, all right, cool, I'm, I'm, just, I'm getting out, I was like, this is going to be a great story. I actually like <laughs> ran into a bodega office. Like, Bye, see you later. I'm so chill. I'm so cool. And I like, ran into a bodega and I called my, my roommate and I was like, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. I'm getting into an Uber. I'm just letting you know. Um, Safety gotta, first. I'm glad that you did ladies, that. Ladies, got to be careful. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I think that's got to be the weirdest date I've ever been on. That's the weirdest date story I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, I hope no one's gone on anything weirder than that because <laughs> <laughs> just, it was just, it was a lot. He, t- he, d- he tried to, he wanted to go out again and after. Oh and God. I was like, and block, 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 block. <laughs> I completely ghosted. Because what was Jesus. I going to tell him? I don't know. He'd be like, I'm sending the gay mafia after you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well thank you so much for sharing that story that is um that has made my day I mean knowing that you're safe and knowing knowing what I know about you but that story is amazing and thank you so much for sharing it with us oh my god poor Steph I I don't believe people like him exist but they must right because like where do you come up with these like crazy stories like these people have to exist oh but I love her stories and I love that she's so generous with her time and shares it with us all right that's all we have time for today thank you so much for joining us this week on pop fix your weekly fix of pop culture news please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts like itunes and spotify and if you could leave us a five-star rating and review that would be seriously amazing Samma, where can we find you on insta you can find me at underscore Samma rose underscore and you can find me at marnie dixit we'll be back in a week we'll chat to you then bye, bye. Do you feel this now? Do you, do you, do you...